Running a business isn't all glamour and success stories. You're about to hear from a real founder in the trenches. I'm here to help them find clarity, have a space to get their ideas out in the open, and figure out how they're going to move forward. Welcome to the Talk to Stefan podcast. So today I'm joined by James McKinvan, who is the host of the Indie Bites podcast. Welcome to the Founder Hot Seat. Hey Stefan, great to be here. So today's a little bit of a different episode and we're exploring more of a personal journey that you've been on. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about what's been happening for you? Yeah, so the, the, the last sort of eight months for me, I say, have been sort of a, a roller coaster ride of emotions that uh, I've never really experienced before. And it's me tackling a sort of mental health challenges for the first time really in my life. And I remember when I was growing up, I didn't have a great time in school, uh, but I, I was always sort of trying to stay positive, trying to do my own thing. But my sister, my mum, they, they always like had challenges with mental health. And I just didn't understand it. I couldn't be sympathetic or helpful to them. I didn't understand how someone could be depressed. And um, my sister would say, well, it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. And I'm like, oh, well, surely you can make those chemicals yourself. Just go and do some sport or something. Or go and actively do something. So I, I was completely obnoxious about any mental health. I'd never really talked back down to anyone that ever experienced mental health challenges. I knew it was a thing. I knew it was a real thing. But I'd never experienced it myself to be empathetic or empathetic to others that had mental health challenges. And that was up until recently. So I've always done sort of a little bit of freelance work on the side of my full-time job. And back in September, October, November of 2020, I'd moved back to my hometown. I, I was working full-time remotely for the company that I've been working for for a few years. And every so often, I'd do a little bit of freelance work. If freelance work came my way, whether that be freelance podcast editing video work, even marketing, I'd say yes and take it on. I had the time, I was at home, I could get on with doing the work and it would be on top of my full-time job. And to be honest, if, if I'd done my work on my full-time job during the day, I'd dip in and do a bit of freelance work. Then I started taking on a little bit more. And it was at that point, I also started Indie Bites, the podcast. That was September, I launched that. So that was just another thing uh, that I sort of added to my workload. And it was almost as if I was just sort of adding a little bit more and then a little bit more and then a little bit more, kind of like with subscriptions, with money. And it, I'm really bad with money as well, where you see a, a, a $10 subscription, you go, oh, it's only $10. Then you see a $20, oh, it's only $20 a month. I, I, of course I can afford that. And then it all adds up at the end of the month. You're like, shit, I've got no money. I was sort of doing that with work, a little bit here, a little bit there. I've got time, I've got time. I can fit it in, I can fit it in. And then I had... a big bit of work on my way, which was to do YouTube videos for a platform called Riverside. They just raised money. I love making YouTube videos. I've made YouTube videos since I was younger. V, the bootstrap company, had also been doing the YouTube videos. And I've gone, that looks like a really cool job to have. So when Riverside came to me and said, look, we want to do something similar to Veed, making three YouTube videos a week, we'll pay you $300 a video. What's that? Um, in a month, like three and a half thousand dollars if you're doing three videos a week. And I was like, fantastic. Three videos a week. I can do those like in the evenings. That's going to be extra money. I can help pay off my debts. It's going to be a lot of work, but I'm a productive guy. I can get through it. Anyway, we, um, we do the first month of this, or we try and do the first month of this in November of me working a full-time job, doing my little freelance stuff, indie bites, then also these three videos a week. Now, I had no idea how long this was actually going to take, like out of my time to do these three videos a week. Over that month, I think we only got about five or six videos live. And that was the first time I'd sort of run into genuine mental health challenges. I, I remember talking to you, Steph, and I was like, I'm just so unmotivated. I don't understand what's going on. I know how to do this work. I'm certainly not out of my comfort zone there. I've got the time to do it, like I physically got the time, but I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I can't make myself do it. Why can't I make myself do this thing that I should enjoy? It's the stuff I do in my spare time. It's YouTube videos about podcasting, which is what I've been doing for, for months. And as I started to get behind on that, I then started to get behind on my own podcast and I uploaded one episode. I then started to get behind on uh, my full-time work. 
and I was also behind on the Riverside work. And it was all sort of compounding and compounding all on top of me, running out of time to do this work, getting frustrated with myself, not understanding why I wasn't motivated. And I was just like in the lowest point I've been. We're also in the second lockdown in the UK. And when I say I didn't leave my flat, I literally did not leave my flat. The weather was horrible outside. I didn't really want to go out for a walk. The gyms weren't open. Uh, I, was, I think I was probably playing tennis at this point. That was the one thing I was doing a week, going out and playing tennis. But aside from that, I was just in my flat all the time. And all of these factors just, just turned into something that was real horrible. So at the end of November, I said to the Riverside guys, I said, I, I don't think I can do this. I think I have taken on too much too soon. And although I, th- I love the idea of doing the YouTube videos, it's not working out for me. So uh, d- December, I go back to just doing my full-time job and just doing indie bikes and then a little bit of freelance work. And that was, that was a good amount of work, I'd say. It was nice having the break from Riverside. And I'd also say something when I, I call it when I broke up with them. When I broke up with Riverside, I left the door open. Uh, I, I said, look, this isn't me saying I want to stop forever. Um, this is me saying, I don't know what's going on with myself. I just need to stop briefly. Um, we may pick this up again in a few months. And Riverside were great about it. And the dad of the founder, he was brilliant through his whole process. He was like, James, don't worry, mate. Take your time. Um, we understand. Another thing, I don't want to be, I never wanted to be a troublesome person. Startup businesses, they have all sorts of things to worry about. I didn't want to be the person I needed to worry about. They're paying me the money to do the videos to so just get on with the videos. And so it really frustrated me that I wasn't just getting on with them and I was being a problem person. So I took December off basically and took time off my full-time job over Christmas. And then um, after some thinking, I thought, well, my day job I've been in, I was a marketing manager at a market research firm in London. I've been working there for two years. I thought, I think I'd prefer theoretically to do YouTube videos and spend my time on that than working for this market research firm in marketing, which was just a a regular salary. It was boring. It wasn't, I was certainly stagnating there. I could get away with a lot. Didn't love it at all. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to speak to my my boss at the time and see if I'd go part-time down to two days a week at that job. And then the rest of my time, I'd go back and I'd like really nail the, the YouTube videos for Riverside. We'd figure out a process and this time we're going to make it work. So I speak to Nadav, I speak to my boss, got my wish, managed to go back, Riverside, yeah, sure, we're happy to start these again from February. We're going to try and stick to a process this time to stick to get to the three videos. And my boss said, actually, two days a week is cool. Uh, We understand you want to do your own thing, but it's good that you'll still be here for a little bit so you can do the bits that we do need you for. So I go part time and I start making these. YouTube videos in Feb. It starts off pretty well. We agreed to have a three or like a one week backlog, so three videos. So we started the the week before, got those three videos done, set out a schedule that I'd uh, do the scripts on Monday, script review Monday evening, Tuesday I'd shoot, Wednesday and Thursday I'd edit. That was pretty much how how we do it. And then I'd work uh, Mondays and Fridays. So the scripts were in the morning, getting back in the evening for edits. Another thing that frustrated me in November was I was just getting like all these comments, like a lot of comments back. And you'll know that anything creatively for a client, it's, it's just a challenge when someone's critiquing your creative work. And guys, you go and look at the Riverside YouTube channel and let me know what you think of the videos because I was proud of those videos. They were really good. It was challenging when the, the amount of changes and comments that came back on it. And again, I didn't want to be that problem person. I didn't want to put in the contract this amount of animations or this number of changes. It was set to two rounds of revisions. I was, I was happy with that. But boy, did they use those revisions. So when we went back to work in February, I said, we've got to tone it down because if I'm going to be producing this level of content, three videos a week, it's just got to be easier. And so we, I get back to work. It starts working for the first month or so. I'm like, yeah, this is much better. And I was telling myself it was much better. When people were asking, I was saying this is much better. But as the time went on, it started to get more challenging. It started to, I started to struggle again. And the comments started getting a bit more. And there were a few instances where 
they got a bit ridiculous with the the expectations and the the questions, the comments. Well, I thought it was ridiculous. There was one particular example, which was probably one of the worst days of my life. I had a my motorbike test on a Friday, and Friday was the day that I. I'd publish the videos and I'd agreed to take on another video for Riverside. So four videos a week, but this one was going to be different. This wasn't going to go in the regular schedule. This is going to be like a product update. And I, I agreed to this video, but it, it would be a, like a, a one day turnaround. And also the, the videos that I was editing, I needed to get them done on that Thursday. And sometimes I'd have the Friday or the Saturday to roll in to do the edits because they weren't being published the next week anyway. So I had to get those done on the Thursday plus this extra video. So I um <laughs> I, I I get up at 6 a.m. on the Thursday and I spend probably until 10 p.m. editing these videos because I wanted to get them done because I know the next day I'm gonna be out because I've got my because I've got my motorbike test and I, I'm gonna be out all morning for that and probably most of the afternoon. It's the first time with this new video as well, which was literally I got the talking points. On Thursday afternoon, I then had to script, shoot, edit, and send to them on that Thursday. That's why it was such a long, intense day. And to be honest, it was the most productive day I had in months. It was great for that sense. And I, I felt good. Like I feel like I've done it. I'm, I freed myself up for the Friday. Uh, there's a few comments back on Thursday evening saying, it, it's a bit too like energetic. Like, we need it toned down a little bit. And I said, that's going to be a reshoot. I can't do that. And they're like, all right, well, for next time. Anyway, next morning I get up, bike test. Uh, I had like four hour lesson beforehand because I really wanted to pass it. Uh, nervous wreck all day. Do it, pass it. Woohoo, fantastic. Been wanting to do that. Best feeling. Get back like so many messages on my phone. James, we want a reshoot. Or like we, we changed our mind. We need it calmer. And I said, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to get back in time for you to be able to send it out in your newsletter. I'm not going to be able to reshoot it. I said next time and they, they basically lost their shit at me. And at that point it was just, I was stressing out and it was just a real horrible day. That evening I, I, I snapped at my sister and was just not in a, not in a good place. And it should have been a like super happy day. I just passed my motorbike test, but because of Riverside wanted this reshoot and then they lost their call at me. That was upsetting. But I, I thought, this is now my main income. I'm part-time at the other job. This is what's given me the money to pay my bills. I, I, I need to rectify this. So Monday, I come back and I, I like, apologize. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have happened. Which is ridiculous, by the way. I shouldn't have to say sorry for having worked a, a 15-hour day or whatever it was before. And then um, after telling them I'm not going to be available and they asked for a reshoot. The Monday, I, 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 I'm sorry, it won't happen again. Could we? Like let's let's find out what went wrong, figure it out, sort it out like adults, and get on with. But the the next few weeks it was just it was tough. Um, that there, there was there was a lot of tension between us with the work. Um, I was like trying to tell myself you should be enjoying this. It's just YouTube videos, but the comments were getting more and more. The relationship was was getting worse over time, and I was just so unmotivated to do the work. And I was speaking to a few people about this. I was thinking, what, why can't I just get on with this work? Why do I have to be a troublesome person here? I, I, I just want to help these guys produce some great content. And then I have a, like a, like a breakdown. Like I, I lay in my bed thinking, why can't I do this work? Why can't I write this script? And I'm crying. I've never done that before in my life. I'm thinking, what is going on? I don't understand why this is happening. So I speak to a few people and they said, James, is there any way you can take a break? Just take, take a week off. And I was like, I, I don't know, but I'm not doing this work and I'm really struggling. This was like script writing on a Monday. So I messaged Dav and I said, Dav, I'm, I, I don't know what's going on. I just, I think I need a break or like a holiday for, for a week. Bear in mind, I won't get paid for this week. So I lose out on a quarter of my income. And he goes, yeah, sure. Cool. Take the week. It's all good. Again, very understanding. And that Tuesday was like the biggest relief. I, it just felt like a weight was lifted. I felt great. I, I went and I picked up my sister. I was still doing the part-time job at this point as well. I started doing my podcast again. 
it was just like <laughs> the cloud was lifted. And I thought I'd come back feeling refreshed the next week. I said, I said, give me a week. So I come back the next Monday to write the same scripts. Complete repeat of the previous week. Have a breakdown again. A breakdown. I, I, I've got no idea why this is happening to me. I've got no idea why I'm not doing this work. And so that evening I go to the pub with Charlie and Saba that you know. Charlie from Weekend Club, Saba from Veed. And they say, well, our, our guy actually went through something very similar, but he did uh, uh, five, <laughs> five videos a week for uh, nine months, which is a bit more than my three for, for two or three for three months. And he, he, he literally needed a few months off to, to, to get back in it. Uh, but V supported him through that. I had like no support. There, there was no like safety blanket there. If I didn't do these videos, I wasn't getting paid because they were paying me per video wasn't salaried and Saba said mate you need time off you need time off also don't worry we've got you covered if if any if like if you can't pay your bills just message me and I was like that that felt really nice it felt really good I was like I've got people on my side here the next day I messaged Nadav and I said I, I I don't know if we can do this I, I need a, at least a few more weeks he said it sounds like you don't want to continue and I said I'm not saying never because uh, I don't want to, but yeah, it, I, I need some time to figure out what is going wrong with me, why I'm feeling so unmotivated. And I also stopped my other work, but then I just, I stopped my freelance work. I just, I had to stop. I stopped Indie Bites. I took a pause. And the next few weeks, they weren't easy. I still feel that weight, that weight was lifted, but I also had the daunting thing of, oh shit, now I've not got any money. However much I'm going to take this break and figure out what's wrong and get me right. Also, I've got to try and pay my bills somehow. I'm not going to worry about it too much because I've got people around me. Um, I'm very lucky I could call my parents and say, look, mom, I fucked it up. Can you send me some money? Or Saba, I'm like, Saba, can you sponsor the podcast? Which, can I add, he did. Um, and they, they did a sponsor slot, which was great, on Indie Bites. That was probably two months ago. I had the two months, starting to feel a lot better. I'm now sort of back to doing work. I've actually taken on a fair bit of work. And right now, like I'm, I'm way better than I was back then. And I'm wary to not let that happen again. But also, I'm not recognizing the signs. So yesterday, I had a really bad day. I felt really low. I felt unmotivated. I wasn't doing work. And things were starting to build up on me again. Freelance work because I've got to pay my bills. I'm like fully freelance now. Basically, client work is now outstanding and it's building up. I haven't published my podcast in a month and I'm starting to get stressed out. And so I need to notice that, realize, take a pause, take a breather and figure out how I get back to doing that work, maybe cutting that down on the bits that are really getting too much or speaking to those people that that I'm, I'm owing the work to and also being trying to be kind to myself give myself breaks get, do the things that, that you enjoy so you've just given a really good breakdown and walkthrough really of what's been going on for you since last September let's dig into each of those periods of time because it seems like there were distinct sort of periods of time and different things happen in those. You had different feelings and sometimes there were low points and then it was bounced back and then low again. So let's look at that first point at which you realized back in sort of September to November you were working and you then started to acknowledge, in, in your own words, I think you said these were mental health challenges. What, what was happening for you at that time? It was just purely felt unmotivated and I've never felt so unmotivated to do work that I thought I enjoyed. And I kept telling myself, why don't you, James, you've got to just push through. You've got to just push through. And I was getting annoyed at myself. I was getting angry at myself. I tend to do this a lot, Stefan. I tend to put like a lot of pressure on myself when no one else is really doing that. But I get angry at myself if I let other people down. I mentioned previously that I, I, don't, um, I don't want to be a problem person. I just want to help people. But then I put pressure on myself for that. So I was getting annoyed. I was like, why? Why can't I just push through and get this done? And I kept telling myself that, telling myself that over and over again. And I didn't understand. But looking back on it now, that was the first signs of burnout. That was the first signs of 
the lack of motivation, certainly the feeling down all the time, the feeling unmotivated is burnout and depression. So feeling unmotivated, what was that like? Because, you know, we all have days where, you know, I can't be bothered to do this. I can't be bothered to get started on that. It sounds like it was different from that. In, in what way was it different? What, what was happening? Yeah, interesting. It was definitely different to that because before then I'd had days where I feel unmotivated. But I probably know the next day I'm going to get stuff done um, or I'm going to like bounce back or there might be a week where I'm feeling unmotivated. But on that week, I'd still probably get the work I needed to done. I'd get like the bare minimum, but I'm certainly unmotivated to do anything extra. But this was like a lack of motivation like I'd never experienced before. And there was pressure on me to get this done. I had to get this work done. I had deadlines to hit with these videos. I had to produce these videos. And sound like a start record. I couldn't push through to do it. Uh, and I thought, no matter about your motivation, you've just got to do it. And I tried telling myself that. And I still, still didn't do it. So it, it was certainly like a different lack of motivation than I might have felt previously. So when you woke up in the morning, what, what was going through your mind at that point? I think about the things that I need to do. Right, today, I'm gonna, it's going to be a better day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try, uh, try and get the work done. I try and push through. Uh, I'd have my shower and then in the shower, I'd be, I'd be angry at myself for the last week thinking, oh, you wouldn't be this stressed out today. I'd, I'd be waking up stressed thinking about what I've got to do, but thinking I'm going to push through and make this better. But I'd still be angry at myself for the last for the last weeks of like getting myself into this position in the first place. And then I'd sit down at my laptop to do the work. I'd like got to this point. Some people say, if you get to this point, first five minutes, the first five minutes was not working for me. <laughs> I'd try the first five minutes and I'd just get angry and frustrated. And I remember a few times going to write the scripts. I'd, I'd try to write them down. And this was probably partly because of the amount of comments I got back on it. So every time I was writing a sentence, I was thinking in the back of my head about what comments they're going to make about this. What's going to be wrong about this? How can I make it? And then I, I just, I'd stop. I'd stop doing it. So was there some self-doubt there? 100% self-doubt. And my confidence has taken the biggest hit over the past few months. I used to be super confident in every area. In every area of my life, I was confident. I thought it was one of like my... If, if I wasn't particularly good at something, I'd confidence my way through it. I'd bullshit my way through it. But th my confidence has taken like a huge hit. Like even coming on podcasts, I was saying to you, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not that great at podcasts at the moment. I bloody host a podcast. I have like 50 microphones. I'm a podcaster. And then someone asked me to come on a podcast. I go, oh, uh, I'm not sure about it. So yeah, my, my confidence was hit massively. Your confidence was here at that point, just taking it back to something you were saying there, and you, you mentioned this earlier, about sort of creative comments and feedback um, when people are critiquing your work, when it comes from such a personal place, as it's creative work, it's work that you've produced. I'm just wondering, in your career previously, have you ever had feedback like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a question. Because thinking back on it, I've never been great at taking feedback or taking criticism. I really struggle with it. I remember the, <laughs> the very, very first bit of client work I did. So I did an apprenticeship at a housing association. It was like my first job out after Sainsbury's. And uh, they, they gave me a, some freedom. I love making YouTube videos. So I started making videos for them. When I left and got my first job, I took a week's holiday and said, do they want some more of these case study videos that I've been shooting the, the year before? Uh, I thought I could earn a bit of money on my week off. This was 19-year-old James. And they go, yeah, sure. We agree on a price per video. I think it was £150 per video. And I go in for this week and I shoot 12 videos. I think they were thinking I was going to shoot two or three. I shoot 12 of these videos. And, <laughs> and I don't think my, my old boss at the time had got sign-off for 12 videos for... £1,800 for this old apprentice. I think he was just being nice to me by saying yes to me doing the videos. So he had to sort of diplomatically say to me, we can't pay you that much or give feedback to try and combine some of the videos. And he sent me this email with feedback. And it, 
the I remember opening the email, reading through the feedback and just getting angry. I was thinking, I've done all of this work. Um, I deserve this money. And I sent back an angry email. Uh, uh, and this is like a lesson I learned after this. An angry email at like half 11. Say, no, no, no the, the, the videos are fine. I think they, they are good for X, Y, Z reason. Instead of taking on the criticism as it should have been. And he was really good. He called me the next day and said, James, you can't really do that. You can't really just email back angrily disagreeing with all my comments. So he, he, he agreed to pay me the money and, and I made some of the changes. But I've always struggled with criticism. And I tried to sort of, with this Riverside work, I've done like a ton more client work. I, any sort of creative work, I just try to separate it. I try to just think it's just work. Um, this isn't work for you. Like you put your all into that first draft, that first edit. And then if they want to make changes, just listen to the changes and just make them. Just make them. But however much you try and separate yourself from it and try and think about it objectively, it's always going to be personal opinion for some of these things. It's always going to be something you've created especially if you're scripting, shooting, shooting yourself, talking it and editing. There's always going to be that element of someone's criticizing something you've created. Like someone criticizing your baby, being ugly. And how do you manage that relationship where you've got your clients, they've got their needs, their expectations, they know what they want. You've done your creative work. You've produced what you believe to be right. But there's still a slight misalignment between those two. How do you deal with that? I didn't. That's, that's why I, I, I couldn't deal with it. I, 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 part of me, I literally couldn't deal with it. Back in November, I tried to have a conversation with them and saying that if we're going to be producing this level of content, I need a bit more freedom with how I do it. It, it can't be like, every video, 25 comments and changes. And they'd be like minuscule changes, which were like, they didn't make any impact on the final video. It will be like, this cut seems off. Change this color to this. I'm just wondering, what, what do you think their reason was for bringing that up then? If it didn't make a difference, what, what do you think was the reason that they did that? I wouldn't know why they did it. Like from my side now, if ever I'm giving feedback to someone, I'm going to be objective. I'm going to explain why. I'm going to be kinder to their creative work. I've been doing some videos for Avid, who have been doing these YouTube videos for ages. And my boss for these videos, essentially, is Alec, who has been making these for a year. So he knows exactly what it's like. And the changes he makes or asks me to make are so much different. He's so much more chilled about it he goes great video next time or next video can we just tweak the hook so it says this can we put this word in the description if we're making a video about video subtitles can we make sure that's in the title it's in the hook and you say it in the first sentence as opposed to seemingly strange change this change this angle add this animation change this and I guess because Alex done it, it, he's been there and done it and can make changes from someone who's done that before. So you've got two different types of people giving you feedback. You've got someone who's been in the role versus someone who hasn't been in the role. The person who's been in the role can give you feedback that you feel is more aligned to your way of working. You feel like they've got sort of empathy and understanding of how you work and how you do it. But the person who hasn't been in that role, you feel doesn't understand and you feel that they're asking you for things that don't really make material differences. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So this period of feeling unmotivated, did it come on suddenly? Was it a gradual thing? What, what was it like when you look back? It seemed to be more, more gradual because at each stage I was sort of trying to get the work done and I didn't realize I was un, unmotivated to do it. It was just yeah, over time, I was getting more and more unmotivated. More of a gradual thing. Okay. And then at the period at which you take time off, was that near Christmas? Was that the first point at which you... Two sections of time off. 
the the first one was time off from Riverside, but nothing else. So I was still doing other things, and that was December. And then um, over the Christmas period, so from like December twentieth through to January, I took t- time off from everything, like an actual like holiday. I didn't love that time, to be honest. I was didn't leave the flat again, and I felt quite quite depressed and low. Okay, so let's look at that time off then. During that period of time where you stopped everything over Christmas, you thought you'd take a break. What what was that like? So now now I've taken another break. I know what I should have done, which was try to figure out what went wrong. But on this break, I just thought I needed a break. So what I did was uh, sat in my living room, played FIFA, ordered takeaways, and went to sleep whenever I want, and just did a cycle of that. And Stefan, that is no way to get out of depression. That is a surefire route to solidify your depression if if you do that uh, what i should have done uh, as i said start to figure out what went wrong journal write down my thoughts get out of the house get out of the flat go for walks meet up with friends we're in lockdown so it's kind of hard um but at least go out have facetimes with your family cook yourself some fresh meals go shopping and get some some nice food learn how to cook something new learn a new skill read a book all of these things would have been so, so, so much better for me than what I did in that, in that week. And you mentioned depression there. Did you seek support from a GP or anybody else in sort of the mental health space? No, no. Um, every, everyone told me that I should be doing that. And they still do. I still haven't been to a GP about it. I'll, I'll, I'll ask your thoughts on this. I think that... I'm very in like a very fortunate position in life, like very, very privileged in every aspect. I'm a white male, young, fully able, able-bodied, live in the UK, parents, family, uh, job, ability to get income. I feel like there's people who are in much more need of support and I don't want to take resource away from them i don't want my appointment to be someone for someone that has like real challenges they might be in real poverty they might have no one to turn to i had lots of people to turn to my problems relatively weren't small now i'm not saying that you shouldn't take it seriously for yourself but i thought i wanted to try some other routes to try and get myself out of the situation i was in and go to a go to a GP. What do you think about that? Let me let me flip that on its head. If you had hurt your knee and you were in pain and you were struggling to walk or function day to day with that, what what would you do then? Yeah, I'd go to the doctor. So what's what's the difference here? The, I, 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 yeah, I I think I, I'd, it's the way people view mental health versus physical health. As someone who is new to this, who who doesn't understand it, I barely understand myself, couldn't empathize with others. I just really think there's there's other routes out. There's there's not another route out if you need an operation on your knee. If you're a tennis player, you can't walk, or you you can't walk to the shops. Your life is struggling because of it, and the only way that's going to get fixed is if you get an operation on your knee, or you get some physical therapy. Yeah, sure, cool. I feel that there are other ways to get yourself out of of depression. My mood so far has been lifted hugely by sort of reflecting, spending time with family, doing a bunch of sport, and some of the things I mentioned before, reading, eating better, trying to avoid doing the things that I know is going to push me deeper into depression. The chemical imbalance stuff that happens with, depression uh okay yeah i i I just thought there was other avenues to explore first before going to a gp i think that's fair i mean you know people injure themselves and they don't necessarily go to a gp straight away for instance exactly the same thing you know if you need sore you might try walking it off you might try giving it a few days if it settles down put some ice on it all those kind of things i'm interested in you're using the term depression here and this is not to have a pop at you or to put any blame. I'm just wondering how it feels to use that term to describe it. Yeah, horrible. I, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't like 
saying I'm I'm depressed because I don't want people to think that I'm looking for attention and support because I'm depressed. And I, I, I've always hated using it before because I didn't feel like at what point do you decide you're depressed? Do you have to go to a GP to get it diagnosed with depression or do you just decide that you're depressed or what? Uh, how low do you have to go to go? Yeah, I'm depressed. I don't know. I don't even know if I am depressed. I just uh, uh, having spoken to a lot of people, the the symptoms that I'm showing seem like depression or burnout. I, I, I tend to say like depression slash burnout because I don't really know. It's feeling really low, unmotivated, not being able to do work. And I think that sort of lines up with it. Makes sense. And I think, yeah, a disclaimer out there, I'm not qualified in any mental health in any way. Um, and this is not in any way diagnosis based or anything like that. This is more us just talking it through. And yeah, I completely get from what you're saying that, you know, you have these feelings of being low in mood, lacking motivation. So let's move it forward a little bit. You take this break off. When you're returning after the break, how are you feeling at that point? You said yourself that this break was not necessarily the most organized and structured sort of rehab, for want of a better word. I came back with optimism, you know, because I thought I've, I've changed something. Like I, I, I want to work for this growing startup, making the YouTube videos. I was sort of putting November down to like a, a lack of structure or taking too much on. So going part time on my day job and starting out this with more time to be able to do it, more headspace to be able to do it. I thought, sure, that's going to be much, much easier. So it, it, it did start out much better. There was probably a month where I was getting my work done. I never felt hugely motivated, I must say. I, I'm not sure even at this point I felt I was depressed me, or, or I was burnt out. Maybe my mum has said it to me. But for, for me, I just thought, oh, that was a rough patch. I didn't feel particularly good then. So I'm, I'm going to change something. I'm going to get back at it. The only sort of looking back, I'm sort of seeing the signs. So you went back to it and then... You said before that you had a breakdown after having sort of this break again. When was that on the sort of timeline? Yeah, that was probably two months into doing the work. So, so we sort of had a month in February where things were okay. Things were, seemed good as far as I can remember. And then there was that second month where things started to get challenging. March, which was when things, more comments started to come in. I started struggling with it a lot more. It was around that time that I then had that, that breakdown. The month where things were going good, what, what was happening? What, what was a day like? What was a week like? What, what made it good? Looking back, I, I don't think I've not been happy in myself for well over a year since COVID came along. There's certain factors into it. There's that month where things were going better. It wasn't every day I was feeling great, productive, on the ball publishing my podcast it was just sort of a bit of a grind and a struggle but I, I was getting through I was pushing through I was getting it done lockdowns started sort of ending towards the end of March and I was getting by with life I think you shot me when you said what were the highs like I don't I didn't feel they were high points it was just getting by points not feeling that low just getting on getting on, on with what I need to do for a while okay and then bringing it towards sort of now, you were saying about you were feeling better, but then yesterday, for instance, was a bit of a low day. You're feeling a bit unmotivated, not sort of doing your freelance work and your podcast hasn't been published. Where are you at today? It's day by day, whether I feel good or I feel bad. The last few months, so uh, I, I the, the, the two-month break, I've sort of been building myself up. And generally feeling better. The highs right now in these days are much higher than they were for any of the last six to eight months. So a couple of weeks ago, I was like absolutely on it with my work. I was feeling good. I was feeling happy with the work that I was doing. I was feel like I was getting the stuff done that I needed to do. Then the next day, I might not feel that as, as good as that. I might be a bit frustrated. Maybe I'm like super distracted. Days that I do sport and play tennis or go out on my motorbike, I feel great then because I'm giving, giving myself some time. But usually on those days, in the back of my mind, I'm not, I'm not worrying about the work I need to do. 
yesterday when things when I had another really low day and I was feeling horrid I started to let my work slip again where I've started to take on a bit too much I've started to say yes to things which I probably shouldn't have done but partly that was because I had two months without income coming in and I've got to make up the lost income from that month so sure I stopped the work to try and save my mental health because I thought it was a horrible impact on myself and it could spiral out of control but for that, I then sacrificed my income because I didn't have any for two months. So having come back and started doing work, I have had to take a lot more on. I've been more selective about what I'm taking on and the work is more enjoyable and I've increased my rates. So Stefan, when I told you I was charging £350 an episode for a podcast edit, you were like, oh, um, when before I was charging 50 to 100 quid. I'm being more sensible about that, but if mon- if an opportunity for money comes along, I'm pretty much taking it because I've got like a, a four or five grand deficit to make up from those two months. How do you manage taking on that work with this balance of keeping the motivation up and making sure that you can actually deliver? Yeah, struggling, struggling with it. It's a bit of that pushing through again, but the good thing about it is some of the work isn't so much with hard deadlines it's not so much of i need to like with the youtube videos if i didn't if i missed the monday morning script submission those three scripts it would then push me behind on the shooting it would then push me behind on the editing i'd always be chasing my tail every single stage and it was so much work so much intense work nowadays if i don't do a podcast edit or i've usually got a week to do one podcast edit and if I'm going to be late on it, I'll just say, sorry, can I, can I have another week? Or can we build up a little bit of a backlog and just give, give myself a little bit more breathing room for it? But I just couldn't do that with the videos. So it sounds like flexibility with deadlines is quite important for you. Trying to be as flexible as possible. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying a new sort of working schedule, which I'm enjoying at the moment where well, when it goes right and I get sleep, um, which is another really important thing. I'm trying to get up early, sort of 6am, 5.36, go to the gym. Because gym is something that if I go to the gym, it sets off my day really positively. I feel really, really good after it. And I come back, I'll do three or four hours work, whatever it might be for the day. Get some of those hard, hard tasks done. Then I take the rest of the day off. I take from 11 till 5 or 6 off on the days that I can. So on a, on a day where I've got meetings or calls and then I come back in the evening and finish off my work maybe I'll work from seven till nine or eight till ten or eleven if I'm if I'm feeling particularly particularly motivated for it right now I'm enjoying that because we're in the summer and it gives me the summer days if I want to go to the pub with my mates in the evening I'll just work through the day like a normal normal person or what is perceived to be normal so it sounds like you've got a lot of flexibility and you fit the schedule and sort of structure around your day and how you want to spend your time. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to put in as much flexibility as possible because I was really, really harsh on myself over the past few months. As we draw to the last few minutes here, I'm interested looking forward how you see yourself sort of managing this because if we look back, it's been a journey. It started September, it's ongoing. There is no definitive endpoint at this point. And it's, it's an ongoing challenge that you've got. How do you see yourself managing it going forward? So my first thing, and I've got to try and tell us to myself really often, is to just be a little bit kinder to myself when I'm putting so much pressure for various things. You say it, it's an ongoing thing. It really is. Like yesterday was, was quite a horrible day. Today I'm feeling a bit better. It's, it's nice. It's nice talking to you. I want to try and get my routine back in order. Uh, and build up momentum momentum again is important for how i'm feeling so i i want to try and build up some good habits to get the momentum to get into a routine which involves trying to get to sleep at a certain time or like within a certain window again not too much pressure on myself being kind if it if it goes wrong between 10 and 12 get to sleep get up between six and six and eight hopefully get to the gym and do the routine I sort of set out where I do some work in the morning, feel good about myself in the morning that I'm able to take a little bit of time off in the afternoon, spend time with my family, 
to go and play tennis, ride my bike, these things that I get enjoyment from. And then in the evenings, come home and sort of finish things up. I also want to be uh, eating better. You always feel better if you're not getting delivery every night. I've tried it. Doesn't make you happy. I want to get my finances in order and be a bit more sensible and intentional about the things I'm buying. I, I've always had a problem with just buying things when I want them. Guess what? Doesn't make you happy. Does not make you happy. What does make you happy is feeling fulfilled, feeling productive and getting the stuff done that you want to get done, feeling happy with yourself that you've achieved what you set out to achieve, which is as simple as getting up early, going to the gym, doing a bit of work, enjoying the rest of your day, finishing up that work and getting sleep at a sensible time after having a nice home-cooked chili con carne or something. So it seems like you've got a good few things there that you want to work on. And sometimes it can be a lot to do all of these things at once. How do you see yourself either choosing one sort of key priority to nail and master now and then moving on? Or do you see yourself working on a little bit of each of them? The first thing, 100%, is getting my sleep right because that has a knock-on effect on all of those other things. I genuinely feel because it affects your mood and your energy to get up and go and train or do the work. It affects your mood and your energy for wanting to cook and you get tired in the evening. It messes up how you want to set up your day if you're not getting to sleep right. Food can also have a knock-on effect on the amount you sleep. So... For me, if I want to get a good night's sleep tonight, so if tonight I want to get back on track um, from from those things I mentioned, I need to make sure I'm not getting a takeaway at half nine that might have sugary things. I'm going to eat my meal at half seven. It's going to be a home cooked. Then I'm going to turn my phone off and turn my screens off at 9 p.m. God, we, we just, we absolutely throw light and uh, dopamine into our faces at night and it's just a constant constant scrolling through social media and just keeps us awake so I want to read my book I'm reading some fun books at the moment and I want to read my book this evening and then that should get me to a point where I'm nice and relaxed and tired I've had my evening routine get to sleep Stefan and then wake up 6am motivated ready to start the day and usually when I, when I get up early and I've, I've been to the gym, I'm feeling really, really good for the rest of that day. But it's when it starts to spiral out of control and you start to go to bed later and you skip out of your routine, you're not doing your exercise, you're then eating worse. And I, I feel like that's when I'm feeling most unmotivated. So you've got a really good routine there for tonight. How do you make that sort of apply across the week with enough flexibility that if, if you're working on a different schedule? Yeah. I, I've, I've struggled with this in the past. Maybe it's like these little decisions, right? Everything's going smoothly today. I absolutely smash it. But I run out of time to cook and I, I'm on delivery. And I'm thinking, I'm about to order something really horrible for myself here. It's going to cost me money, so bad for my budgeting. So it's, it's the decision when I've got my phone in my hand on delivery. Am I going to order this and potentially mess up my sleep, my my finances, this and that, or am I going to get something out of the freezer or just whip up a sandwich or whip up something quickly? Because then actually I'm going to, I'm not going to have that sugar in my body. I'm not going to waste my money and I'm going to stay on track. That 9 p.m. where I've set myself to read my book and I turn on the TV or I get my phone out, is that decision right? Oh, just just put your phone down for now. Put it in another room. Decide to put that in another room and have that willpower to read your book. Does that sound silly or like over the top, a bit cringy? Not at all. If it, if it works for you, then that's, then that's good. I mean, that's not too abnormal from other routines that I've heard people have. Or, or does it seem like too idealistic? And yeah, James, but life doesn't really work that way. I think the only answer, and this comes back to a typical startup thing, is test it and see how it goes. I don't think that right now you're going to come up with the perfect answer that's going to work in 100% of scenarios on every day. What if, you know, on Friday you have a really turbulent day? How do you deal with it then? So it seems like, you know, the answer is not one set 
page of rules, it's general principles, you know that you try to do this because you know it does this. You do this because you know it leads to that. And even if you have to change X, then you, you know that you can do it in a different way, but it's still okay. So it's not hard set rules. Well, it's been so good to have you on today and to talk through this. You've been through an incredibly tough time. I know that you've released pieces before about how you're feeling, gone into detail, and it takes a huge amount of courage to be so open and to be so vulnerable and share how you're feeling because these are things that many people go through but you don't hear about and that in itself can be quite isolating. So I really do appreciate you coming here today to talk about that. Yeah, and I'll just mention on on that where I've shared everything, the amount of support from like the whole community in tech, bootstrapping, indie hackers, my friends, everyone's said such kind things. They've come forward to me with stories in private of them going through similar things. So like James, it's it's normal in a time like this to go through something like that. Or I did something exactly happened to me last year. Here's why I did deal with it, X, Y, Z, and just giving me a ton of advice. So people have been super, super supportive since I since I put that out. So if you feel up to it, share it when you're feeling down or have a conversation with someone who might have been through something similar i think that's uh, great advice and finally where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you the indie Bites podcast great podcast yeah well i i'm i'm mostly hanging about on twitter at jamie gimman indie bites is at bites.fm a 15 minute podcast where i speak to indie founders about how they run and grow their cool businesses excellent Well, thanks so much once again and take care. Cheers, Stefan. There you have it. Thanks for listening. You'll find me at talkstefan.com or at talkstefan on Twitter. Drop me a message if you're interested in either being a guest on the podcast or working together. Take care for now.